You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The South African rand is close to all-time record lows against the dollar, against the euro, against the British pound, and probably some others as well. Why is this happening? Why is it becoming more pronounced and more almost sinister? Let's find out with Annabel Bishop, Chief Economist at Investec in Johannesburg. It's becoming a little bit worrisome, Annabel. We have to break this podcast into two parts, the international influence and the local influence on the local currency. Which would you prefer to start with? Let's start with the international. I think it's more interesting. <laughs> okay. So is the interest rate differential between South Africa and the United States a primary driver of the currency's performance at the moment? You know, Lindsay, it actually is very, very important because we talk about, you know, about risk premium here. And if you actually have a look at South Africa, South Africa is deemed as a risky jurisdiction to invest in. Whereas the United States, you look at their assets, their assets are deemed to be risk free. So in comparison, when you um, were to choose between investing in South Africa or the United States, uh, you obviously would look for an additional reward. So I think, you know, the real problem here with South Africa's reward is it's not keeping pace with that of the United States. The United States has hacked its interest rates by four and a half percent in the current interest rate hack cycle. That's quite a lot very substantial and quick rate hacks. And South Africa is only at a three and a quarter percent. That's eroded the differential between South Africa and US interest rates. It's actually had a negative impact on our risk premium that we need to offer. And of course, as well, that's a key reason why the RAND is depreciated. We've seen very substantial foreign selling of South African portfolio assets, equities and bonds. And that's not something that's likely to come right unless the United and unless South Africa actually picks up its interest rate hike cycle pace and matches that of the United States. And we actually see that differential reestablished. Historically, we've always seen the RAND weaken when there's been this erosion. As you put it in your piece, it says the interest rate differential between the U.S. Fed's funds rate and South Africa's repo rate has fallen as U.S. interest rates have risen, with SA not keeping up with the total size of the U.S. hikes, nor their rapidity. Is it appropriate to compare the South African economy, a developing world economy under huge pressure, with the U.S. economy? Because that seems to me to be what you're doing here. Well... Not me, but financial market investors. Yes. You see, these investors are not investing in the economy. They're not investing in eco, you know, uh, in the real economy. They're investing in the financial markets. And from a financial market perspective, they're looking at the interest rate return. And, you know, something that's more worrying as well is if you actually have a look at the real interest rates, the difference between South Africa's inflation rate and its repo rate, that actually deteriorated to a negative return of 2.7% by June last year. And even though it's come back to positive territory, it's still very low. And, you know, if you're looking for a real return on your investment, here we're just talking about your repo rate and your inflation rate, to keep it simple, then you obviously are getting a very, very low figure at the moment of around 0.5%. Historically, this has really been closer to 2% to attract investors. So you can see on two counts, South Africa's interest rates are too low to attract investment into its financial markets. And here we're talking about the bond market. So from a carry trade perspective, South Africa is also offering really terrible returns, you know, negative compared to the rest of the emerging market basket um, of countries and currencies. So I think, you know, what, what we are finding ourselves in a situation is that with the U.S. having 
its monetary policy meetings every six weeks and South Africa every two months, while the Reserve Bank may copy the Fed and move by 25 basis points at its meeting because the Fed did that the meeting before, the Fed has a lot more meetings <laughs> than South Africa has and therefore can stack up a greater quantum of interest rate hikes than South Africa has done in the same period. And unfortunately, in that space, we're lagging. I suppose the South African Reserve Bank could have an emergency rate rise or something like that. It doesn't have to stick to the two months, but that would be highly unusual and maybe disrupt the markets. Do you think the South African Reserve Bank has got it wrong, Annabelle? Well, I think the South African Reserve Bank's got a chance to repair this now because the um, sovereign risk for South Africa has also risen as well, Lindsay, because of our recent grey listing. And of course, you know, that really means that South Africa is now on a, a list by international agency to actually check if we're complying with legislation and particularly prosecution against anyone involved in money laundering, terrorism financing or proliferation financing. So, you know, this is quite a key um, situation as well. The Financial Action Task Force, or FATF, has given us a list of requirements that we need to achieve to get off the grey list. But nevertheless, being on the grey list raises your sovereign risk and that in turn places upward pressure on interest rates. And we think it would be appropriate for the Reserve Bank to hike by at least 50 basis points at the next NPC meeting, mm. which is at the end of this month on the 30th. And of course, um, you know, even the Fed has been talking about maybe 50 might be more appropriate instead of 25 basis point moves. We think the Fed will probably go for another 25 basis point hike this month. They, they hike on the 22nd. But we believe that for South Africa, a 50 basis point hike would be more appropriate now. And, you know, we need to understand that when your sovereign risk deteriorates because you become a more risky destination to invest in, and of course, grey listing is a key signal of that. And then obviously there needs to be a compensation. There needs to be higher upward pressure on interest rates, higher interest rates. I think what's also quite key as well is the IMF's actually looked at countries that have become grey listed before, and there typically is a large outflow um, from of portfolio assets. In other words, foreigners selling bonds and equities of that country. That's already happened. We know the grey listing was priced in ahead of time, and that's a key reason for RAND weakness over the course of last year and this year. But of course, as well, let's not forget that the US dollar itself has also been strengthening quite a bit. And you know, that has of course caused our RAND to against the dollar. And we've also found ourselves in a situation as well where US interest rates, expectations have changed over the month. And that's been on the back of higher than expected the publication of the core PCE deflator that the Fed um, implicitly targets, which places us in a situation now where um, the risk aversion levels have actually increased in global financial markets on a steeper and longer expected US interest rate hike trajectory. In other words, the terminal rate is expected to be higher, the peaking in the current interest rate hike cycle from the, for the US. And it'll be appropriate for South Africa to quicken its interest rate hike trajectory too. I'm just trying to look at all the emails that you sent me over the last uh, couple of weeks and so many come up, actually last couple of years and they've all come up because I seem to remember Annabelle speaking about grey listing and getting back to the domestic scene now, you said is it almost implying it wasn't that important because it was already figured in by the market participants. Is that the case because you seem to be talking about grey listing now in a more serious manner if you see what I mean? Well, I think, you know, it was factored in by financial market participants in that they expected it would happen. And that is one of the reasons why we had substantial RAND weakness over the course of last year and into this year. Yes. Remember, they identify that you are likely to be grey listed a couple of years ahead of time and give you certain requirements to meet, which we did not manage to meet all of them. And, of course, as well... Um, 
There were many other factors. It also caused the RAND to weaken over the past 12 months. It was a deterioration in the global international um, outlook. Remember, there were expectations of a global recession this year. There was a quickening of interest rate hike cycles over the course of last year as well. Many factors driving the currency weaker. The actual grey listing itself, you know, as an instant effect, doesn't necessarily have a a more negative impact than it's already had on the RAND. In other words, it's been factored in. The RAND saw a mild reaction on Friday, very mild. But we're really now looking ahead, Lindsay. You know, we're saying that if you've been identified as, as a country that's grey listed, it does have implications. You get placed on lists in Europe, in uh, the UK, there's substantially greater compliance, there's greater scrutiny. South Africa failed in terms of having insufficient prosecutions in these uh, three key areas, particularly um, against people who are laundering money. And of course, as well, we're talking about terrorism finance financing and um, proliferating financing, we need to be able to prove that we are actually applying the legislation and regulations and not just, you know, having them in place. So all of that, you know, adds to costs. It, it increases um, transactions. If you're obviously a compliant individual and uh, a business, you know, it, it doesn't, it should not impede your operations other than obviously making um, some time delays, increased paperwork, etc. But the point we're making here is something rather different, and that is that it increases your sovereign risk for obvious reasons when you're grey listed. And when you look at your sovereign risk, your currency risk, you know, you look at the different um, types of risk, those all have, you know, interest rate effects. And of course, as well, that then obviously, in turn, from a longer term interest rate effect, that also places a pressure on your shorter term interest rates. So, you know, th th these are all key considerations we need to be aware of. We can't move away from them. No, we can't. And they exert an, an incredible influence on the RAND. A couple of factors that I picked up yesterday are not exerting that much influence on the RAND, but a couple of crumbs of comfort when it comes to the South African economy, Annabelle. A private sector credit extension rose by 8.4% year on year, and the corporate aspect of that figure was 8.8% year on year, and that's about half of the PSCE number. And also employment getting slightly better, and maybe it's fruit pickers in series, I don't know. But at least at least there's a sort of a stabilisation going on, short term anyway. What do you make of those numbers? Look, I think your private sector credit extension figure should be viewed in context of your nominal GDP growth rate and your um, inflation is high. We saw it at 6.9% recently. And if we add on maybe another percent for GDP growth, although expectations are will come out well below that now because of the very severe load shedding that we are having and is likely to be permanent this year and next, you know, the um, PEC uh, figure really sort of, you know, starts to come in line um, with maybe a nominal growth rate of 7 8%. I think the key point really here, though, is that there obviously are additional costs running through the economy. We just had the budget, which um, gives you a small rebate or, you know, incentive for investing in solar and green energy for businesses and individuals, but the bulk, three quarters or more of the cost will be for the individual or the business business, you know, and, and more, I think I need to stress. And the point really here is that that all adds to costs. And of course, you know, uh, obviously, in turn, pushes up credit borrowings, of course, as well, you know, the start of the year, your January, February, March period, particularly February and January. Also, you see a lot of upward pressure on consumers coming through from a robust festive period where they obviously extended themselves, you obviously see further extension to make ends meet in, in the start of this year. So I think there are all those sort of factors to look at. 
that. But I think from a corporate perspective, it is cheering. I don't think, you know, we are likely necessarily to see the economy go into a recession this year, but we're certainly not seeing very strong economic growth rates either. So, you know, really, Lindsay, the bulk of that PSCE figure is due to the high inflation environment. Mm, Okay. Final question. Nice, easy one for you. Is the round undervalued at the moment? Will it revert to the mean? I think it will, Lindsay. I think it will. You know, we can't remain in an upwards US interest rate hike cycle forever. (laughs) And we also, obviously, if we believe government, that it's going to really make a huge effort to increase prosecutions and corruption, which would be very good for South Africa, and get off the grey list. That'll actually strengthen us. We'll actually come through as a stronger country. You know, we look at the reported um, theft that's occurring in in Eskom. I think I read in the media over a billion rand a month and the money launderings of that money. And of course, you know, getting the prosecutions right and ending all that theft and corruption and graft would be something very positive for South Africa to come off the grey list and then obviously would reduce our sovereign risk and give the currency strength to, you know, allow it to actually become better valued. You know, the rand against the US dollar of 18 and 19 is extremely undervalued. Mm. Yeah, I heard the same thing going back to sort of 16 to 1650 would be a more appropriate rate for the rand. But who knows? Annabel, thanks so much for your insight. That was Annabel Bishop, who's the chief economist at Investec in Johannesburg. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.